You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we're diving in to the Cronenberg family values with Scanners from 1981. Yeah, Scanners, David Cronenberg classic, the uh, the movie that got him Videodrome. Uh, I think the movie that kind of really put him on the map. Like, he was kind of a indie horror darling in Canada, and, you know, definitely, like, the cult crowd appreciated him. I think he was huge in Europe at the time. Like, they really responded to, to his movies, but he hadn't really broken into the American cinema scene yet. Scanners is the movie that made him a household name for, hmm. for people who like weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> household name for weird households. We kind of wanted to call this initially something about, regarding blind spots because John and I, for this this mini series, this little head to head, each chose a movie that the other wasn't too familiar with. And this is John's pick. I don't think I'd seen Scanners previously. Now, obviously, I've seen the iconic scenes. Yeah, you've seen that. standout scenes. You've seen that head explode like maybe a hundred times. <laughs> maybe a thousand. Um, and I've seen the finale, the denouement. But I had no prior knowledge to the meat, the bulk of the film. And mm-hmm. there's so much to this movie. But before we get into it, um, for anybody that hasn't seen Scanners... You want to give them three good things as to why they should watch it before uh, they listen to this episode? I'm so glad you asked. This is super Surprise, easy. surprise. Three good things. Number one, uh, this you know just could easily be all three of the things. Uh, is it exploding head? Exploding head. <laughs> number two, exploding eyeballs. And number three, exploding veins. <laughs> Everything's exploding in this movie, guys. It's fucking wild. You know, it's it's David Cronenberg, so I mean, I, I, I guess my like actual two and three could be that like we play around with the idea of computers as living organisms uh you know cor- evil corporations that will stop at nothing for you know greed and just ruining the world especially through pharmaceuticals and pregnant women i guess i'm getting into the bulk of what I'm we're like, talking about i'm like this is getting episode. beyond three good things <laughs> so let's, let's just leave it at exploding heads exploding eyeballs and exploding veins you know, even even giving that said, it sounds weird, but this I would say this is one of Cronenberg's more subdued films. <laughs> even though your three good things were all exploding body parts. Right. It's it's his most approachable film with exploding heads. <laughs> if you turn off the beginning and the end, your mom could probably watch this movie. I think so. Mom definitely likes a young Mi- Michael Ironside, right? Man, when he's in that tape, he's kind of, okay, he's a little bit dreamy, but we'll, we'll get there. Sure. So before we get into the bulk of it before we really start tearing into to David Cronenberg scanners. Kim, what's keeping you creepy this week? Well, very, very important horror news for everybody out there. Turn it up. I got a bad house. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I was expecting to hear. I'm uh it's my it's my keeping me creepy this week because I'm so dang excited about it. Uh I've always wanted a bad house and you know I've never had a house for which to put my bad house on. And 
we're going to have bats. It's going to be so... They better friggin' go live in that bat house. I will be so sad if I put up this nice new house for them and they don't live there. They also better not be freeloaders. I need this. I need these bats to go to work and start eating mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. I'm they're... dying out here. <laughs> We've never lived in the country before. We've always been, not city people, but we lived in the suburbs where, you know, they mow down every single tree to put houses. So we've never dealt with mosquitoes like this before. They're insane. And we're all like chicken pox over here. Mm-hmm. Our poor dogs are... Oh, looks so bad and i don't want west nile and also i love bats so we're putting up a bat house this week i'm very excited and it's cool the bat house we got is like all super goth and it's got their name on it, it says bat house so that they know it's for them yeah of course and uh it's got two bedrooms <laughs> it says it holds up to 75 bats john that's, that's fucking wild that's a big fucking deal i can't wait we're gonna have a whole colony i'm going to be their queen <laughs> we're gonna have bats in our extended family uh i don't have too much keeping me creepy this week uh other than just you know all the cool horror t-shirts that i wear while i'm doing yard work outside <laughs> uh it was canada day here over the weekend it's the fourth of july in the united states uh actually the day that we're recording this but on july 2nd it was world ufo day fucking celebrated it in style by listening to art bell around the campfire uh, hearing about all these, uh, you know, UFO encounters. There's this weird ranch where they apparently have a ton of UFO sightings, and they talk to the the guy. It was weird. That was strange. And he had a lot of a lot of things to say, definitively say oh, about yeah, UFOs. Like, I see lots of UFOs every day of my life, and I invite these people out to the ranch to to also check out stuff in the sky. I mean, like, hey, I I like looking at the sky, and then they, every single time we're having a campfire, looking at the stars, I'm like, there better be a fucking flying saucer up there. I do- I, deserve, see one. I deserve a UFO sighting. Especially on that on World UFO Day. That's the day to do it. That's like record store day for aliens. If anybody deserves a UFO sighting, let it be me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I honestly I just love watch listening to those those old Art Bell episodes because a lot of them are from like the early two thousands or the late nineties. And it's you know, before everybody's got cell phones. It's the early days of the internet. So it's like people like people are really coming to Art Bell to actually have somebody to discuss to get their conspiracy on oh it's the best it's the absolute (laughs) like now you just go on twitter and you can just see any wild crazy idea that people have but before that they used to congregate at 3 a.m on the radio uh, (laughs) at truck stops and (laughs) diners across the country it's been pretty great i mean honestly we've kind of been on a ufo kick the last like eight months uh, so if you out there have any cool UFO stories or movies, uh, documentaries especially, oh yeah, give great. us that nonfiction UFO Please. content. Yeah, oh. like anything off the beaten path. You know, like we've seen all the obvious stuff. That's like the on... unsolved mystery specials. That was and... the fucking best episode of unsolved mysteries. Yeah, the new, the, like the resurgence series. I don't know what episode it is. It's in the first season of the resurgence series, but it's about a mass UFO experience. So fucking good. Seek that out and then recommend us. A fucking woman who's just like, yeah, ever since this experience, electronics die around me. Like, I've had eight phones die. My microwave blows up. It's just like, that's weird. I don't have answers for that. She's <laughs> like, I moved to a different house. Same thing happens. Like, wow, so it's not just the electricity. It's you. Maybe you're haunted. By aliens. <laughs> So yeah, please, if you have if you have any alien recommendations, we want to hear them. Hit us up on Twitter. Send us an email. I don't give a shit. Mail at nofspodcast.com. Please do. We need more UFO content. But today, 
We're going to talk about psychic content. <laughs> We're going to talk content. Telecontent. <laughs> just a, you know, weird dudes and ladies just squinting at each other and go until one of them explodes. It's the fucking best. <laughs> yeah, so we're definitely doing this as a TikTok challenge, I've decided, because I, as I said this last a, week. A challenge? You're going to... I'm starting a challenge. Okay. We're going to do some scanning. We're going to be scanners. Okay. So we just make scanners' faces. <sighs> yeah, basically. Okay. We're going to try to scan each other. Okay. And uh, <laughs> for, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, this is this is something I was kind of saving for the episode, but it's it's every single time I, I'm watching one of these scenes where somebody's getting scanned and they're oh they're just trying to resist it and hold back. I'm like one of them's go fart. Like one of them, one of them's just like. <laughs> Cut to the trailer. <laughs> I would like to scan all of you in this room one at a time. Scanners. Ten seconds, the pain begins. Fifteen seconds, you can't breathe. 20 seconds, you pray it will end, and it will. Experience the terrifying power of scanners. Their thoughts can kill. Wait a Coming soon at a theater near you. Check newspapers for theaters and times. David Cronenberg's Scanners is currently sitting at a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Uh, we've we've spent a lot of time already talking about exploding heads in this movie because that's the one thing everybody knows about it. I think like you had to have known about that years before you saw it. And it, can I ask you one quick question? Uh-huh. How do you know about the exploding head and scanners? I don't know. Oh. To think back just a little bit. I don't know. Back, okay. Well, here's the. Are thing. you asking me for a specific <laughs> answer that you already know of? What? Like what? This is a hundred percent how I know about. How the do you know about the exploding head from a scanner? Well, I'll tell you. It's definitely the same way that Kim knows about it, but she's completely forgotten because we definitely, as kids of the '90s, we grew up watching Wayne's World. <gasps> And when Wayne ditches Garth and he's freaking out, they're in the control booth going, remember that scene in Scanners when that dude's head blew up? That's, that's, I for years, uh, 20 uh, years before I saw that mo- <laughs> movie, I, I knew about the exploding head. 20 years before I even saw footage of that exploding head, I knew a dude's head explodes in Scanners. Wow. I wish there was a universe in which I could see the scene, the exploding head scene, without any prior knowledge of yeah. it. Yeah. Because... The, the spook of it, the scare of it, the um, the abruptness of it is totally lost on us. Oh, yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is, like, it's in a world where you don't know who Michael Ironside is. And there's no... We know so little about scanning and the scanning ability at that yeah. point that I don't even think the exploding head thing would enter as a possibility. Because no. Because the only thing before that we see is the old lady at the mall, the underground mall. Yeah who has kind of like a seizure. We see a lot of leg seizing, but there's no <laughs> blood or gore in that. No, and, and, and it, th- that the way that scene leads up to is is the the scanner is telling people like, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scan each of you individually. And, you know, it, it can be a little painful. So you're expecting people to like maybe get a headache, maybe have, I think he mentions nosebleeds. Like, oh, you might have a nosebleed. And they the, the two of them, when Michael Ironside comes up and they sits beside They have a scan him, off. They have a scan off. But like you can't tell. They both seem like they're uncomfortable and in pain. And then it slowly shifts where you can see Michael Ironside's a little smug about what's happening. <laughs> He's got a little more control and the other guy starts freaking out and then kaboom. Man, do you think this is the best exploding head? It, it looks fantastic. It's incredible. 
it is pretty gooey in there. I am a connoisseur of exploding heads. <laughs> and, you know, we just don't explode a head now like we used to in the 80s. Because this this is one of those rare instances where they use an actual shotgun to blow up the head. They could not do that now. <laughs> no, which is a huge bummer because it looks better than anything else. So do you know what the head was? The head is like a silicone head that they made. Like they tried making uh, like a, a you know a plaster cast head. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know enough about special effects materials to get into specifics. You'd probably know better than I would. But uh, I just wanted to know what the goo inside was. Oh, it's just stuff from like the craft service table. That's what it always is. Like, yeah, we got some fake blood. We got some shrimp. It's like they literally just throw in stuff. Apparently, Cheetos are really good. Cheetos? Yeah, because they they have that sort of viscera look. Like they don't melt fully in contact with liquid, so they still they're they're clumpy like clotted blood. <laughs> like a like a dead gremlin. <laughs> like a dead gremlin. Yeah, that's what you stuff inside your exploding head. Dead gremlins become pretty soupy. <laughs> here's here's the other thing. Um, does that room look familiar to you at all? The room where the, the the lecture hall where they're where the head explodes should it? It should. You've been in it before. Whoa! Do you not remember this? Where is it? This is one of the lecture halls that gets used as a movie theater at Fantasia. Holy shit! You sat next to Paul Williams in that room watching a documentary about Phantom of the Paradise. It was in that room. It was in that very room. Okay, fun story about that <laughs> Paul Williams experience. So we watched Phantom of the Paradise. We were ended up sitting next to him. And he sang throughout the movie. It was the greatest thing. He sang the hell of it beside us. It was amazing. And then we didn't end up staying for the Q&A, but apparently he also sang uh, that song at the beginning of the Muppet movie. Rainbow Connection. Rainbow Connection. Yeah, he sang that fucking Kermit song. Man, Paul Williams, just a treasure. my favorite human. I can't believe I've been in the exploding head room. Yeah, they did not explode the head in that room uh, because they knew it was going to make too much of a mess. But I've been in that room. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't look anything like it anymore. It's been under renovations, but you've been in that room. We've also been in that area where the lady was scanned in the mall, the underground mall in Montreal. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, you you clocked that right away. It's a really weird spot because there's absolutely no windows and you're like, I'm underground right now. The scariest thing about that was when they start, they were all smoking down there. I was like, oh my God, guys, you're, you're underground. There's no oxygen down here. What are you doing? How reckless of you. <laughs> this truly is a horror film. <laughs> Yeah, watching people smoke indoors is wild in old movies. And like I kind of I love the ashtrays though. There's something oh, about yeah. an old so, timey <laughs> like a thick, chunky, <laughs> yellow glass ashtray. Yo, if we didn't grow up in that world though, would we really have any sort of affection for it? Or would we would just be like, wow, the world of yesterday was weird. <laughs> yeah, like you grew up with ashtray nostalgia. <laughs> I remember ashtrays in the grocery store, like the end of each aisle. Whoa. Isn't that crazy that you're just like smoking, looking for Oreo cookies oh. and breakfast? How would you even like look at fruit? You touch fruit and you get it all <laughs> fucking cigarette smoky. You're just ashing on the kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> You're like this lemon's no good. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Oh, what a world. But yeah, so I had absolutely no idea what Scanners was about going into it. I was really? like, it's bloating head. Cronenberg. Okay, well, outside of that, did you ever try and imagine what it was about? No. Okay, didn't even bother. You're just like, no. fuck it. <laughs> I I guess I knew it was about telekinesis because yeah. of the exploding head scene, but I don't think anything prepared me for how vast the story is. Yeah, you kept remarking, you're like, there's so many locations. <laughs> it's a big fucking story. Yeah. They fucking move through this. If this was made today, it would be a full series. 
Oh, yeah. There like, they tried so to make it into much. a TV show at one point. I, I would believe it. There's so much content here. There's evil corporations. There's sinister psychology. There's underground groups. We have, like, different factions of the te- of the telekinetic ability. It's Yeah. And it's like nuts. The, the the group, what is it, CNET or something? I can remember. Uh the the main group, the the essentially the telekinetic CIA is trying to train dudes like uh, like our lead character and you know Michael Ironside, people who like scanners to essentially become military assassins, like secret military assassins. Yeah, and so they find our lead guy Cameron Vale. He looks like he's kind of um Oh, he's homeless at the beginning of the Just movie. like a transient, yeah. yeah. And he's stealing food off of tables and whatever, and then he scans a lady who's, like, making fun of him, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there are a bunch of trench coats chasing him up the escalator. Yeah, it's crazy that there are just people hanging around, like, I wonder if someone's gonna get scanned here in the food court. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess we do eventually learn that they were tracking him. Uh, that they kind of had always been watching him. Like, that's what's secretly evil about them. Like, they basically let him think he was crazy his entire life. And that's that's kind of one of the interesting things about Scanners, because it's it's taking the idea that you have, like, a paranoid schizophrenic person who hears voices and rambles and self-medicates, with, like, with heroin. Not that he takes heroin in the movie, but, you know, this type of character is definitely just trying to, like, black out existence mm-hmm. because he can't get these voices out of his head. Uh, and then David Cronenberg just sort of plays around with that. Like, well, what if there is something to that? Like, what if he is, what if the voices he's hearing are other people? Like, he can hear people's thoughts. Like, wouldn't that drive you fucking mad? Yeah, there's a really great scene where he translates that when he's in the hotel room. Yeah. And there's all the fucking voices, but they're they're warped and warbled. And like, oh man, it's like he's hearing the entire hotel through the walls. So you have like, it's a bunch of like peanut adults. Yeah. And, uh, and they, Howard Shore does a great job of working that into the score as well. Uh, like the score of this movie is crazy. I got it. This is actually only the second time I've seen scanners outside of watching the exploding head scene a thousand times on YouTube, but I never really picked up on the score the first time around and yeah I I love how he takes those weird voices and mixes them into um, you know the the musical themes that he's put together but he also plays around with the diacere like those five notes that are like the devil notes bum 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 yeah four (laughs) (laughs) bum 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 nobody wants to hear this it's terrible (laughs) but yeah it's 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 also what you hear at the beginning of the shining um it's just old classic music that would get used at funerals and stuff but it's it kind of stopped being used because people thought it was evil actually something fun that happened while we were watching by the way scanners (laughs) is on the criterion network if you're looking for where you can watch it we were just casting it from the laptop to the tv and for some reason the tv and the laptop connection wasn't great and so it kept restarting on the laptop and the dia series is the opening sound yeah and it would randomly start and we just hear the dia series in random parts of the movie worked every single <laughs> every time. Every single time. Like, uh, two characters would make eye contact and the music would come in. It's just like, oh, fucking- shit, shit's about to get fucking crazy. Oh, it's my laptop. We gotta fix this. It just fucking worked. Also, pausing was really weird. Yeah, the whole thing was strange. It, it also kicked out in the, in the end of the movie. Like, the last two <laughs> minutes, the big fucking fight between the baddie and the good guys and the computer's just like, nah, you're done. <laughs> but speaking of, like, the creative side of the film... What I really fucking loved, and it feels like it was there and gone in an instant, Mm. was when 
Vale goes to see the artist who's like this tortured artist who is a scanner yeah. and channeled his abilities into his art. And his that's, art's so fucking cool. That's how he's able to live with the quote unquote disease. His art is fucking insane. It's the best, right? Yeah. I mean, the stuff he has on Showcase is okay. It's fine. Oh, I thought, um, I thought some of that stuff was pretty rad. I loved the 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 one with like all of the heads and then the, string oh, and the leading strings to leading his down to his. Yes, yeah. that was wonderful. But the thing that fucking got me was when he goes to his studio and the giant head in the room. Well, it's his, like it's his living room. <laughs> and they go inside the head and do the scene in the fucking giant head. I was like, oh. This is just fantastic. And it's soft in there. I don't know if you noticed, but there was a point where he was like sort of leaning on the wall and it was soft. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's so great. I love the idea of just like, come to my chambers, let us speak. And it's literally his own brain. But it's very interesting, especially having just seen Crimes of the Future. I was going to bring this up as well. Yeah, yeah. How these people who are fringe or other or different than are able to channel th- that element about them that's special or different or unique or shunned by the public into art and there's something that has to be autobiographical about it because David Cronenberg kind of replays these elements in his films so you're just like oh I see what you're doing here you're making art to like not quell the beast but you're you're weird and you're you're creating these like little offshoots where you can kind of express that yeah. Expunge it. <laughs> I, I also love that David Cronenberg seems to be a guy who didn't really know how weird he... Like, I, I think he probably kind of always knew, but uh, like he never saw himself as making horror or making weird transgressive type movies. But once he started writing, this is just what came out. I love that. I love that he like discovers more about himself through his art, and it's always strange and weird. And when you look at him, you're like, how does that guy make this movie? Especially when you see interviews of him from like 1981. It's like, what's this guy in this fucking like sweater vest and these big grandpa glasses doing making <laughs> a crazy movie about exploding heads and stuff? It is a solid story, though. It's almost a mystery, like an action thriller. Yeah. With a lot of gore bookending. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love the corporate espionage angle, too. Like, there's always some... And he, he doesn't linger on it too much. Like, he's not trying to be like, oh, and the real enemy here is corporations. But it is. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's a pharmaceutical company that it's just essentially poisoning America. And back on sets, they definitely used the same set for The Shape of Water that they did for The Big Evil Company. That was That was a great call of yours. That fucking stairwell is the exact same stairwell from both movies. Also, just like the the, The office, office, right? The glass office. It's unverified, but I am 100% with you. It's got to be the exact same spot. I would put money on it. Yeah, I mean, half the movie's filmed in Montreal. The other half of it's filmed in Toronto. Like, why wouldn't they use this office building from Hamilton that Guillermo del Toro also used, right? It's great. Yeah, at one point you see Yorkdale as a subway stop. Yes, yeah. That's the other thing about watching these movies. Like, if you live in Toronto or you've or you've spent time, you're just in Toronto, Leo pointing the whole time, the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> this is unrelated to anything, but there's a lot of explosions in this movie. Uh, not just people and body parts and stuff, but uh, especially for a like a quote unquote earlier movie in his career, they explode a lot of fucking cars. And, and there's gas car stations. yeah car crashes. They they drive through a record store. They drive a fucking school bus through a record store. 
while we were having lunch, I watched an interview with David Cronenberg and they were talking about special effects and whatnot uh, and pulling off some of that stuff. And they mentioned this really fucking funny bit where, the, you know, like, oh, I've talked to a lot of pyrotechnic people and you know, special effects guys. Uh, and, you know, some guys like everybody overestimates or underestimates the explosion and where things are going to go. And they say <laughs> the general rule of thumb is like wherever the pyrotechnics guy parked his car, that's where you stand. <laughs> It's a good rule of thumb to remember. Like, no matter what, he's gonna make sure he can go home at the end of the day. So if you wanna be safe, you stay where you stay wherever the fuck he is. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know the best time to bring this up, but the lead who plays Vale, he gives a really weird performance in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's He's giving me a lot of invasion of the body snatchers energy. Yeah. I think I think it's a choice. Uh, because it's 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 a little stiff. But it it feels like he gets like a little more comfortable with it by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because at the beginning, his handler, the guy who's sort of like training him and scanning the Shakespearean actor who's <laughs> who's telekinetic expert, he says that like you've never had your own personality. Like he's like there's because literally there's always been so many voices. He yeah. never knew which one was his. He, he never heard his own voice in his head. Like he didn't know. It's like that's that's I would such a that cool is, concept. Yeah, like that's the whole episode of the miniseries. If you're <laughs> if you're expanding this out into a TV show, just like a dude who has never felt like a living being, just exploring the sense of self. That's not crazy. even the ability. Yeah. yeah, this is a thing that I come up against with a lot of telekinetic movies and and psychic movies is that there's too much. Uh, interiority, like we're inside the character's mind too much. It doesn't always translate to screen for me. Um, you mean like the the focusing and the and the hand pushing? Yeah, or? Well, well, absolutely that. But like, how do you show a person who doesn't have a sense of self? Mm-hmm. I I think David Cronenberg does an incredible job of showing when people invade other people's minds by mm-hmm. sort of like fading their faces into each other. That's wonderful. That's amazing. And a hundred percent. Like it's it's. I'm only seeing it now and realizing that's where they pulled it from for Mandy, right? But uh, but yeah, the the shaking heads and just people staring at each other and cutting back and forth, and it's, the look is a little <laughs> more intense each time. Like I love it. After after a few of those, you're like, okay, come on. <laughs> like what are what are we doing here? To David Cronenberg's credit, to the entire special effects department's credit, they do a great job of really making it look chaotic when it happens. Fires are going off and shit. People are, I I keep saying exploding, veins are popping out of arms and shit. Noses are bleeding. Yeah, (laughs) that's all amazing. We have seen movies that we like, that I'm not going to (laughs) name, that aren't any of that. Like, it's literally just characters furrowing their brows more and more as we cut back and forth between them. And it's like, you need you need a little more. Uh, like, it, something that's not quite laser beam beams shooting out their eyes, but a little step up from just, like, furrowing their brow at each other. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will never say no to laser beams shooting out of eyes. I said that, and I was like, but secretly, I want neon green oh, yeah. laser beams coming out their eye holes. That's, that's our criteria for vinegar syndrome movies. If we're looking through the promo stills, and there's somebody with laser beams coming out of their eyes, boom, it instant goes in the cart. Buy, yeah. Instant buy, instant <laughs> buy. Yeah, ten days later, you're like, what did I, you look at your credit card statement, you're like, what did I do? Oh, fuck, the laser beams got me. <laughs> again. <laughs> I, my goal is to one day have a full shelf that is just laser eye oh, movies. that's amazing. Yeah. I love that idea. That'll be the theme. Like, okay, everything's alphabetical, but this one shelf, what's going on here? I'm like, <laughs> sit down, young sapling. 
<laughs> we will teach you the ways of beyond evil and mausoleum. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a gremlin today? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love the I love the final fight in this movie. The, the whole third act of this movie is kind of rad. There's a little bit of back and forth. We go to that doctor for like ten seconds of the movie, but uh... what was his big like about to die scene? I guess because we learn he's a he's the father and he's kind of brought all of this upon the world. Mm. And maybe it's his like Wah! like he's holding the skull in his Shakespearean <laughs> denouement, and he's like, "Quoth the Raven." There was, yeah, that was a little much. <laughs> yeah, I love that it ends up just being a drug. The whole thing ends up yeah. being because of a drug. Yeah, and like, how many stories have you heard about women who were? given medication because it was supposed to make pregnancy easier but then like all of their kids were deformed and it's just like the ad that we see is so perfect because it's that you know that 50s housekeeping happy wife ad and it's like calm the shores there's something so nuclear family unsettling about it you can't trust norman rockwell he does not have all your best interests in mind oh man and also, too, the the evil corporation, how they are able to exploit it, like they see what it does, and they're like, oh, we should definitely start a magical army. Yeah. Man, it's nuts. And how he started with his own kids. Yeah. That's even more fucked. It's uh, not uncommon, not unlike real life, though, right? And that's, and like, I think the, the, the great thing about filmmakers like David Cronenberg, too, is that they don't linger on that too, too much. Um, that could have been the whole goddamn movie, but Luke, it's like <laughs> I am your telekinetic brother. <laughs> okay, sure. Let's let's talk about the finale between Michael Ironside, yeah. And Michael Ironside is a fucking fantastic, by the way. Isn't he the goddamn best we every time you see him? Uh, we have not talked about him at all, and he just exudes the character. I, yeah. I don't know what it is about him, but he's just got that fucking quality, that something dangerous about him, that Jack Nicholson eyebrow. He's so insanely good. Uh, and the weird thing is that in the middle of the film, we don't see him very much. We occasionally see him just grimacing <laughs> and, and calling in the troops more or Sitting less. at a subway station. But he is so naturally menacing. Yeah. And there's something so intriguing about him, especially when we get to watch the earlier footage of when he was in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess they, he was like his initial psychiatry meetings where he's got a bandage on his forehead and he's drawn like an evil eye on it. Yeah, he's got a third eye, yeah. But that's because he drilled uh, into his fucking forehead like, to release the pressure, to get rid of the voices. And they, they asked him about the eyeball, too. He's like, well, yeah, like it's it's obviously a door for them to get in, but I put the eyeball there to confuse them. So that way they wouldn't think it was a door and they they would leave and turn away. You're like, wow, that's some, that's some logic. But, like, talk about fucking world building. Yeah. That's such a great feature for your quote-unquote villain to have. Mm-hmm. We just get this... Just a taste of how fucking warped he is. And the whole movie, you don't even need much from him to just be like, I don't feel safe in a room yeah. with this guy. I know he's got the ability to explode my head, first of all. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's Second not of all, forget about that. he drilled into his own skull. I, I just love, too, before you know where that scar is from, like, people are pointing guns at him, and it's like he's already got a bullet hole in his head. So it's like, what are you going to do to this guy? Yeah. You can't, he's, he's going to eat that bullet. Ugh. Like, literally. Like... <laughs> 
Yeah, I, there was a line, and it, it fucking like floored you when it came oh, around I loved too. Like it. at twenty two, he was self destructive. Now at thirty five, he's just destructive. Oh. Snap, 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 snap. <laughs> so good. There are so many great lines in this movie. Uh, man, we, oh, we are running out of time. <laughs> uh, I, I love that they're just like, oh, a human being is full of a ner- is, is a nothing but a nervous system, and a computer is nothing but a nervous system. You can hack the computer. You can scan <laughs> the computer. So he's literally just like picks up a phone and just like hacks the planet into this evil corporation. That's my favorite thing about this movie, and, and part of the reason why there are so many locations and why they're able to do so much is there's no explanations. Yeah. We don't ever see how they broke into the facility and got two of those <laughs> yeah. like white outfits. <laughs> how they did any Thing. We just fast travel to it, like different scenario. I broke into the facility and I found out that he's doing this with the medication. Yeah, they're producing it. They're trying to make an army, such and such, so forth and so on. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think too with characters like this, you're just like, oh yeah, he's got scanning ability. They're just like he made them think that he was somebody else or whatever. That fucking scene where they get away from being killed by security guards because the the love interest in the movie makes the dude think that he's seeing his mom. Yeah, and he just she just like floods him with shame is so great. <laughs> God damn. They don't talk enough That's about- That's fucking Freddy's trick in Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those- six degrees of separation here, David Cronenberg is in Jason X. <laughs> Holla! <laughs> yeah, the end of this movie when we finally get there, and like, I'm your goddamn brother, man. Join forces with me or I'll mentally eat you. <laughs> I love so how good. there's no good in the movie. You know what oh, I mean? Everybody's like, bad. You're right. It ends with it's the renegade force that is just sort of like the grassroots campaign. Yeah, and and because everybody's kind of dead, it's him and Kim against the world now. Yeah, they literally burn the whole fucking place down because the bad guys were bad and the good guys are bad. Everybody wants to exploit this power. Man, the 70s, well, it was 1981, but, like, the 70s were really good about that. Be like, oh, even the good guys were bad guys. Like, in the grand scheme of things, capitalism still sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's going to exploit you for your jewels and telekinesis. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know why I said jewels, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Everything that makes you shine. Is there a better image? Man, this movie's got more than one great image. But, like, outside of that exploding head where his fucking, like, the back of his head smacks his nose. uh, Like, don't you just love that image of Michael Ironside with his fucking eyeballs just, like, whited out? It's fire going everywhere. So fucking haunting. I'm pretty sure it's the poster because I remember that image. Oh, hell yeah. Or the the cover of, like, the VHS because I remember that image terrifying me. I think at the movie store. Either way, like, I have an innate fear of that visual. (laughs) And kind of like Crimes of the Future 2, we come up with, like, a bit of a, not quite a martyr scenario, but definitely, like, a a crucifixion-type moment at the end of the movie. I totally didn't understand it. I didn't (laughs) understand it The end of the movie is wild. (laughs) (laughs) Like, his his face, his veins are popping out, and he starts tearing his own face off, and then his his hands catch on fire, and he holds them out like it's it's stigmata palms. And when she finds him, he's in the position on the floor like Jesus on the cross. (laughs) Like a little beef jerky. Uh, Like a little beef jerky, yeah. (laughs) He's like, I remember chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it turns out they like scanned bodies. Well, so Michael Ironside says like, fine, we'll do it the scanner way. Let's assimilate. Like, I'll suck you dry. Like, I'm I'm like a fucking vampire. I'm just going to suck all of your psychic energy. I'm going to take your entire essence and you're going to live inside me, Uh, which is pretty fucking dark. But uh, but Vale 
you know, because he's the good guy. Eleventh hour finds the strength to defeat the baddies and and kind of does a switcheroo and, <laughs> and like puts his brother in his body while he burns and he takes over his body. So he's he's in Michael Ironside now, but he's got his he's got his eyes and uh, and he's got his voice. That's got to be weird, though, right? Like, your boyfriend's dead, but now he's living inside the bad guy. Like, yeah. You, you probably don't share the same bedroom for a while. <laughs> like, it's, you're going to have to get used to that. You're like, I'm sorry. It's just like, every time I look at you, you're the face that wanted to kill me. I don't... This is going to take a while to get over. I know you touched on it briefly, but aside from the exploding heads, my absolute favorite effect in this movie yeah. is the bulging veins. It looks so good. It does look so good. Oh, I, and man. I know, like, there's some little effectsy things, like just based on you know the time period and what they had at the time. Like the um, the appliances look a little waxy, and they they have some seams and stuff. But it's so good that you don't even fucking care. Oh man. well, I think you got to chalk that up to it being like a 4K restoration. Yeah, you it's know? my fault for watching this <laughs> in. 4K. I am the one to blame because it's so fucking cool. It looks amazing. It looks gross too. Like it's the other thing. It's just like, no, oh, I don't want that to happen to me. When it happens to their faces, that's the best and it's one. Like bubbling and ugh. yeah. Well, and it's it's there's two different types, right? Because there's Michael Ironside who's supposed to be winning the fight. Fucking Revik is just like I'm stronger than you. So like all of his veins are bulging out, but veils are bulging and bleeding. Like they're literally exploding on him. It looks so good. It's so gross. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Yeah, what a what a David Cronenberg classic. Like it's a little rough around the edges, and like I I, I have a hard. It's time. our fault for watching it in 4K. There you go. I yeah. blame the Criterion Channel. <laughs> How dare they? I'm surprised this hasn't been remade though. Also, I think this, yeah. I, uh, shout out because I got to do this whenever it happens mm-hmm. to the foot foley yeah. in Michael Ironside's <laughs> office in his big baddie clop, corporation. Clop clop clop, oh. clop clop clop. Loved it. Ten out of ten. That was some good foot foley. Okay, well, uh, so we know there's going to be a .5 foot foley bump. Kim, <laughs> what's your what's your overall rating of David Cronenberg's Scanners? I don't know why I got to give it the fanfare that I just did, <laughs> but hey, what did you think of the fucking movie? Um, I'm going to give it a three out of four. Yep, I thought yep. the special effects were really good. I loved the mystery and kind of the how everything unfolded. I was really invested in what was going on, and the fact that it ended up being this like drug and this evil capitalism thing, I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. We gotta see some of the sequels. There's like scanners, domination, scanner, cop. I had like, there's no a I... lot of, there's a, there's like five of them. I did not know that. Yeah, none of them are directed by David Cronenberg. Uh, but I would really much like to see cop scanners. I think a lot of them are on like the Roku channel for free. Like, we can watch them on Tubi. I am stoked. Yeah, I'm, I'm also giving scanners a three out of four. Um, yeah, I'm only, I only like kind of knocked it down a point just for rewatchability. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not a perfect movie, but it's a totally entertainable movie. I would I would love to see this on like a double bill. I guess I would love to see this on a double bill with the movie we're talking about next week. But seeing this movie at the drive-in would be the absolute best way to see it. Something like a like an all-nighter with just some like really rad uh, early '80s, late '70s. Uh, I mentioned Invasion of the Body Snatchers earlier. I think that would be a good pairing for that's this. That's not movie. a bad idea. Yeah. 
It's it's an incredibly Lots of ambitious trench coats. movie. We'll call too. it the, the, the trench coat. The trench coat double feature. Yeah, I, I love bad guys with good hats. <laughs> if only the, if only these guys wore fedoras, I'd be over the moon. Oh. <laughs> but that's our opinion of David Cronenberg's Scanners. Let us know what you thought over on Twitter at NOFS Podcast, uh, in the Nightmare and Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord, and anywhere else you you follow us. And catch John and I scanning each other <laughs> on TikTok. On TikTok. At TikTok.com slash at Nightmare on Film Street. We're doing it. We're going to we're gonna go scan crazy. It's going to be so awkward and uncomfortable. I can't wait. Can't wait. If you're a fan of Nightmare on Film Street, consider supporting us at NOFSpodcast.com slash Fiend Club by joining our fan club Fiend Club over on Patreon. We have tons of bonus episodes and bonus content. We learned recently that our Wi-Fi is good enough. We can do some live game nights again. So we're going to get that stuff launched very soon. Yeah, we're, we're just wrapping up the Never Sleep Again series where we, you know, review, ev- you've heard us talk about it, every Nightmare on Elm Street movie uh, with no sleep. So you can binge those in one shot to hear us in live time just completely lose our goddamn minds we also recorded a full drive home from the drive-in episode of david cronenberg's crimes of the future you want to hear about how surgery is the new sex uh and how vigo mortensen is cutting out all of his internal organs (laughs) yeah really flemmy cutting out all of his internal organs for for performance art uh head over to nofspodcast.com slash fiend club to listen to those bonus episodes. And we'll be back again next week with another Cronenberg classic. But until then, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.